Hello, and thanks for taking the time to tune in to our podcast. This is Pastor Carson with Calvary Tabernacle. Every week, what we're putting on the podcast is a snapshot of what's happening here, whether it's our local services or whether it's different teaching sessions. And the ultimate goal is really tied to our mission here at Calvary, and that is to reach, to connect, and to disciple. We hope that wherever you are, this podcast is a blessing for you. And if you're in the Indianapolis area, we would absolutely love for you to come by. Join us for a service, whether that be 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning, 6.30 p.m. on a Sunday night, or 7 p.m. on a Wednesday. We would love to see you here at Calvary Tabernacle. God bless you, and enjoy the podcast. Acts chapter 15 is where I'm drawing your attention for our opening narrative we started a series two weeks ago. We didn't have Bible study last Wednesday night because we started Revival. How many enjoyed Revival? Just shout amen if you did. Amen. Praise God. What a wonderful time we did. Uh, I think a dozen baptized. A bunch of people got the Holy Ghost. If someone got the Holy Ghost and you haven't filled out that report yet, please make sure that you fill it out. You say, well, I don't know if they filled it out. Well, fill it out just in case. Make sure. We'd rather, we'd rather be able to cross that name out. We'll, we'll check the records, then not know. We want to make sure that we know who received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Baptized in water and baptized by His Spirit. Don't we believe in that? Amen. Praise God. Acts chapter 15, unlocking right relationships. We started in week one. We talked about accountability. I want to say a major thank you, not just to the younger demographic, but so many elders that spoke to me and said, listen, you were kind of heavy on my toes. Um, but thanks for challenging us in regards to someone that can be accountable. Um, listen, everybody in this room has to have people you're accountable to, someone you're accountable to, all right? Now listen, even as your pastor in the level that I lead, in the role that I lead, I have accountability over my life. Do you know that I have someone in my life, not my wife, for those of you that are thinking that, besides my wife, I have a pastor in my life who can veto my calendar. Mm. We need that. We need people in our life that can say, it's too much, or this is unnecessary. I talked to some of our young ministers recently. Someone was going to preach at another church, and they said, are you okay if I bring this to you? I said, I think it's wise, because I might know something about that pastor that you don't know. And we got to be, how many know we got to be careful where we go and what we do and who we engage with? We've got to be guarded. And so uh, thanks to those of you who, who were uh, able to take and accept, and I believe that many of you have already put that in place. Many already had that in place, but many have put that in place, unlocking the relationship of accountability. So tonight, remembering that our series, Big Idea, they're handing these handouts out to anybody that wants them. They'll bring one to you. Remembering that our big idea is uh, if we're going to mature as a Christian, we have to be surrounded with the right kind of people. I don't have to ask you to surround yourself with the wrong kind of people because they find us naturally. Brother Jordan, they're kind of like weeds. They just show up. We don't know where they came from. They grow real good in manure. Well, they just show up. But you got to be intentional about being surrounded with the right kind of people. Amen. Acts chapter 15. I'm going to start at verse 35. And we'll read through 41. Paul also and Barnabas continued in Antioch teaching 
and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. And some days after, Paul said unto Barnabas, let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we've preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. Let's check on them. Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought not good to take him with them, who departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder. You know, we never talk about the human sides of the apostles at time or the disciples or the early church. And we have this here between Paul and Barnabas, these early church preachers and teachers of the gospel. But the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder from, from one another. Barnabas took Mark and he sailed to Cyprus and Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia confirming the churches, confirming the churches. And so we're talking tonight here, um, we talked in our first lesson about accountability. Tonight I'm going to talk about the need of someone in your life who supports you. Who supports you. How many know it's good to have somebody on your side? They're just, on, they just, they're just for you. Brother Marshall, they're just for you. We all need somebody like that. Again, you don't have to seek out the people that are against you. People will, some people will naturally be cynical about you. Some people will naturally be uh, frustrated no matter what you... Some people will, will tear you down. Everybody needs somebody in their life that supports them. Pray with me. Lord, we love you. We thank you for our opportunity to study your word. I really want to dive in specifically on this topic tonight. I pray that you would help me to teach and to preach from the truths of your word, the points that need to be made tonight. We need to hear from your word. We need to be challenged. I want to not only teach, but I myself, I want to make sure I'm applying this to my life. As we teach through this tonight, some are going to say, I want this, but how do I get it? So I'm asking that as we look at this, as we apply it, as we pray for it, put people in our life that will fill this very important void, this relationship and what I would even call a responsibility. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. So the first thing I would talk about tonight, knowing that to be a mature Christian, you do need this person in your life that supports you, is I want to start by talking about Barnabas, who is first known as a giver, okay? A giver. Look at Acts chapter 4, verses 36 and 37. Our first glimpse of Barnabas in Scripture shows him as a giver to the church and as a believer of people, okay? Most often when people talk about Barnabas here, they only talk about his introduction in Acts chapter 4 as him giving to the church. Now, trust me, there is nothing veiled in this uh, opening with him. I don't want anybody to go sell land and, and come and lay it at the feet of Brother Kilman because he's, well, maybe you want him to do that. I don't know. I uh, it'd probably be okay, unless the Lord directly speaks to you, okay? But people talk about Barnabas here, and they're thinking, this guy was a giver financially to the church. He has a, a piece of land, and he sells it, and he brings it. But what happens here? Brother Sleva, he does not just sell it. He brings it and lays it at the feet of the apostle. 
it showed two things. Was he a giver? Yes, he was a giver of his finances, but he was also a supporter or a believer in the people. Somebody said, well, he believed in the church. How many know that if you believe in the church, you got to believe in the people of the church? It's how it works. If you believe in the church, you've got to believe in a world full of cynicism. In a world full of cynical thinking, if you believe in the church, you've got to believe in the leadership of the church, of the people of the church, the, the members. And so that's really what Barnabas shows us here as a giver. And this church is filled with people who give of their time, but something that we don't often talk about, they give of their trust. What an honor it is, Brother Ross, for someone to give us their trust. I count it a high honor that you take the time to show up on a Wednesday night trusting that I don't walk in and try to stick my finger somewhere in Scripture and, and, and just try to make something up. Amen? That I can speak something that I think is important. I, I thank God that, that we can trust one another. You know why we call these needs out? Because people trusted us enough to pray. They trust us enough to go to prayer. I spent... A long time on the phone, I was driving back from St. Louis to Indianapolis. I called person after person after person, talking to different situations. And multiple times on the phone, Brother Turner, I'm having a conversation with someone, and we break into prayer. Why? Because we trust one another with our needs. We trust one another to lift the load and to, and to encourage one another. It's an exciting Exciting opportunity to have to trust the church. And so Barnabas' introduction really here in, in 436 is not just that he sold land, but that, it, that he gave the money at the apostles' feet. Barnabas gave with pure motivation. Pure motivation. I know some of you, again, you're the people you've already read through the entire handout. So you've got to come back up to that number two. Okay? Come back with us. Come back. Okay? Pure motivation. Pure, I want everybody, you'll feel real good. Draw it out with a nice long southern draw. Pure motivation. Pure motivation. Okay? Pure motivation. We have allowed a word to creep into the church that never should have. That word is ambition. We've, even, we've been guilty. I've heard it taught in circles, and we got to get that out. Man, you need to get a little ambition about your ministry. No, no, no. No, no, no. Don't need ambition. You need a calling, and then you need to work hard. We probably need to take the word ambition, throw it in the trash, and get back to using those old words, hard work. <laughs> like just work hard and don't just expect it to fall at your feet. Okay? Ambition is not good, but a pure motivation. And that's what he had. That's why he was able to release that land. That's why he was able to give it. He wanted to see the church move forward. Barnabas means son of consolation. Son of consolation. We should key into the fact that he supported the people of God, the church, not only financially, but emotionally and spiritually. Thank God for when we are able to give financially. Thank God for that. But we also give emotionally and we also give spiritually. We get that example from Barnabas. Look at Acts chapter 11, verses 22 through 24. Backing up and we're unpacking the story here a little bit as we walk through this tonight. Verses 22 through 24, the tidings of the church came unto the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem. They sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far 
as Antioch, and who, when he came, he seen the grace of God, was glad, and exhorted them all with purpose of heart that they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. What are we hearing about Barnabas as the son of consolation? He, was a, he had seen the grace of God. How many know it's an important thing to not get so far that we forget that we are the recipients of the grace of God? If you ever stop, if you ever stop remembering that you have been a recipient of grace, you will stop giving grace out. I'll stop measuring it out. And if I, if I stop measuring it out, the Bible says a little something about what it's going to be measured to me. I've got to, I've got to be careful to remember. But for the grace of God, I wouldn't be here. Brother Taylor, if it wasn't for God's grace, I wouldn't be able to be here. But he's been good to me. So I have to measure that grace back out. And so we have to look at this. He understand, we understand this when we look at the life of Barnabas. It's really setting up who he was. How about this? The Bible takes time to say, Brother Brown, that he was glad. Thank God for glad people. I think it was intentional. How many believe that, that every word of Scripture was intentional? It wasn't accidental. It wasn't some be, because some scribe ate uh, 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 pizza the night before. He didn't have some bad hummus. This is intentional. This is the inspired Word of God. Barnabas was glad. And to be an encourager, you got to stay in a good mood. Now, you're still going to have life happen, but you got to be glad. Smile. You're like, why? I have a mask on. I don't need to. Nobody can tell. Your eyes are telling on you. Okay? Isn't that funny that facial expressions, they're easier hit, you know, smile, frown. The eyes still kind of tell the story, but he was glad. And it is hard to be glad if you don't find validation in what you do. So you've got to work. How many know that the foundation of that starts with prayer and enjoying where God has you? Well, if I was in a better job, I'd have a better mood. Well, you can't get a better job because you don't have a better mood. Well, that's all right. That, be glad. I ain't ever been promoted. You don't have a promotion attitude. Glad people have a tendency to get promoted. Man, I feel like I hit a little pocket here. <laughs> It's kind of a nervous pocket, but it's a good pocket. Okay? He was glad. Smile. Laugh. How many know the joy of the Lord is? It's our strength. Smile. Laugh. And not just in public, but with your family. Laugh with your kids. Not just laugh at your kids. Laugh. You can laugh. They're in kids' world. Youth, youth, kids, kids' church and youth world. And, but laugh with them. He exhorted them all. What did he exhort them in? He was intentional about his life. And he was a good man who was full of the Holy Ghost and full of faith. What a resume. Right? What a resume. I often when I hear Barnabas talk about I heard I hear that he was an encourager. Here's why he was an encourager. He was glad. He was full of the Holy Ghost and full of faith. And I got a tendency to tell you those things ought to go together. It's hard for me to believe that someone is full of the Holy Ghost but has no faith. So you had enough faith to receive the Almighty God inside you, spoken a language you had never spoken before is the initial evidence. 
but you can't talk nice? <laughs> oh, it's not the words that I can't control that I have a problem with. <laughs> well, full of the Holy Ghost and full of faith. And it was a powerful resume. Let's look at this next, this next slide. Barnabas chose to support Paul, which is very interesting based on our opening text of Acts 15. But Barnabas chose to support Paul. Paul, also called Saul, was that violent persecutor of the early church. See that little question there. Could you have accepted Paul if you were a member of that original Jerusalem church? Brother Tipsword, I don't know. If I'm being really honest with you, if I know about a guy that was holding other people while they were slaughtered, so we don't do much stoning anymore, but there's all kinds of persecution happening around the world. You imagine one of those guys, all of a sudden he texts in, hey, I had a major revelation. I want to believe in dramatic conversion, but I don't know how I would feel if my family's here and he shows up at the door. Come on, let's put it in modern context. Some guy that's been put on death row because he's been killing, all of a sudden he had a prayer meeting at church and then he shows up at the doors of ours and says, hey, I, I want to preach. <laughs> You're exactly right. He said, say what? And how would you feel if I took the lapel off and said, well, share a word with us? Right? Everybody would want to know where their kids were. Barnabas... <laughs> Barnabas seems like the sole supporter. It is easy to read text as, because we are so far removed and even become judgmental based on text. Well, of course, all those other guys should have supported him too until you put yourself in the scenario and you make it real and you make it come to life there. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. It's important considering, remember he brought that money to the apostles? Why did he bring that money from the land to the apostles? You know why, Brother Clark? Because he trusted the apostles. He trusted the apostles, so he brought that money and he laid it at their feet. The Bible says at their feet. Brother House, very humbly, he came, he laid it at their feet. What does he do with this man? They saw the immediate value in this money. But here he brings this man who is going to end up much more valuable than money. Christ never, never died for money. But he did die for Saul. But the money they were willing to take and the man they were willing to refuse. And Barnabas became the supporter, the mediator between the two. And he brought them. And it's I think they have the ability here to, 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 to see what's going to happen. This is in the life. This is in the life of Barnabas. It's this outgo of support. So he brings him to the apostles. He declares unto them, hey, he had a revelation. How many of you know naturally you stick up for the underdog? Wave your hand at me. You have a tendency to fight for the underdog. You might not even like them. You, you actually, you might not be able to stand them. And then all of a sudden, someone starts picking on them. And you can't help yourself. You need to leave them alone. If you knew what God had done in their life, 
right? Maybe you don't always bring God into it. I don't know how God feels getting dragged into our fights sometimes. But here's what he starts doing. He starts talking about the testimony. He had a dramatic conversion. He was on the road to Damascus and a bright light above the bright. He starts telling about his conversion. We have to believe in the testimony of deliverance. We have to believe in the testimony of deliverance. And after this, he says, and I'm going to tell you one more. He has been preaching powerfully at Damascus. What? Barnabas, you let him preach? He didn't ask permission. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard about him. He's not really an ask permission kind of guy. He had enough faith in him to come and bring him to the apostles. He became the supporter. Everyone say the supporter. He was the supporter, the encourager. Ladies and gentlemen, there's enough people going to tear others down. Be the person that is an encourager. Be the supporter. Well, I don't know. I've, I've heard some things. Did you hear from them? I will tell you I have a major Major problem when I hear that people have said something about me that they did not have the guts to say to me. I've managed a lot of people for a long time now, and I've told many times, I've told staff, the number one way to end up with a pink slip is if I find out you sow division. How many managers know what I'm talking about right now? If you have questions about someone, but you have never talked to them personally about it, but you're willing to talk to others about it, they don't have a problem. You have a problem. Maybe they do have a genuine issue, but before you ever talk to someone else, you should have talked to them. Well, I didn't want it to be awkward. So it wasn't awkward for you to talk to someone else about it? How many know you'll be known by your fruits? It's the truth. It's the word of God. So he, here he comes out of the gate. And he, and, and he says, listen, I know you've judged him wrong, but I'm going to be the witness that gets on the stand for him. Because a witness, I've been teaching this a little bit on our Saturdays. A witness to a, to a sinner does not mean, let me invite you to church. A witness tells of what they have seen, heard, or experienced personally. That's why we tell our story. I don't say, hey, you should come to our church sometime. And that's my witness. Now that's good. I'm not discouraging that. Pastor said, I don't have to invite anybody to church. No. If that's all you're doing, keep it up. But it should be your testimony, your witness. And Barnabas bears witness. Because who's on, the, who's on trial here? Paul's on trial. Paul is very much on trial. And the apostles are standing there with the robes on and their arms folded. And you better forget it. There's no way. And he gets up in the witness stand and he says, time out. He had a conversion like nobody here had. It's different that Jesus walked up in person while Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee. He saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers, right? And he calls after them straightway. They forsook their nets and followed him. And when he had gone a little farther this, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. They were also in the ship. 
We understand. That's one thing. Jesus walks by. It's a personal thing. Not for Paul. A bright light above the brightness of the sun knocks him off of his beast. And then while he's blind, Jesus speaks audibly. That's an incredible revelation. And, but these guys aren't ready to receive it. Even though they're apostles. How many know that you can be a close follower of Christ and still confused about the revelation or the relationship others have with Him? And it is a dichotomy, ladies and gentlemen, for us to think that our heart or our ear is close enough to hear the heartbeat of God, but we're not are willing to witness or bear witness to those who have had a relationship or a revelation of Him just because we don't have any experience with them yet. Yeah, but they don't dress like I dress. Maybe they're on the way. Yeah, but they didn't grow up in Calvary. You don't have to to go to heaven. I don't know about that. You don't. You don't. You don't have to be in the UPCI. I don't know about this, Pastor. I'm not sure. I've, I've always... No, 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 no. Let me tell you what you got to be. you got to believe that Jesus is God manifested in the flesh. you got to repent of your sins. you got to be filled with... My, my, my. My, my, my. It's our doctrine. It's our doctrine that unites us, not our organization. I believe in organization, but I don't believe in organization over Bible. Man, I feel something right now. I don't believe in that. Whether, and, and, and listen, I have heavy respect for every organization that is trying to structure and put things together so the body can be together. But Barnabas is standing in the, in the witness standing. He's saying, hey, he don't have the same history you've got, but give him a chance. I know you don't know, you don't know his background or, or, or all that you do is the, know is the bad stuff. But Barnabas is kind of thinking, isn't this a guy we want on our team? Is he really the one you want to make mad? <laughs> he defends him. Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11. Let's go, let's go here. Verse 25 and 26. Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus, to seek Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. Barnabas traveled to find Saul in Tarsus. He brought him to Antioch. Because if you believe in someone, if you're a supporter of someone, you're not embarrassed to be seen with them. You are not a good supporter if you'll only be a supporter behind the scenes. You want to know how the, how the upcoming generation knows whether or not you're the real deal? If the only time you're willing to invest in them is when nobody sees it. Amen? He takes this public journey with him. How public do you think this is going to be? We're going to read about it forever. <laughs> the greatest selling book of all time is going to talk about it. 
Barnabas, how committed are you to this relationship? People are gonna know that you hang out with the killer. It's all right, I got a feeling about him. I got a feeling about him. How many know that that's typically how it is from parents to their children? Parents to their children. Everybody, everybody typically thinks that their child is the smartest child. My kid is brilliant. He, his addition is fantastic. He knows all of it already. I'm like, he's 12. He, he should know. He should know. But he's a supporter. He is a supporter. And he believes in him. He trusts in him. I've had so many parents start the line like this. And I love it. And I've been guilty of it too. It's just, and keep doing it. Keep doing it. Now, I know that every kid thinks their kid is smart. But let me tell you. It's like we're validating it. It's okay. Think your kid is smart. No parent should ever start the line. Now, listen, my kid's not smart. I'm just going to tell you out of the gate. He's a real dumb-dumb, the one I got here. He's a, don't, don't start it like that. They travel together. He brings him to Antioch. He brings him into this public place. He brings Paul to where they would first be called Christians. And isn't it amazing? He's in the number there. They assembled themselves with the church, teaching many people. That's what I love so much about what brother Elijah was teaching earlier. What a great job that he did with the IBC accent here just a little bit ago. And so let me maybe just dovetail into that as he was talking about these premature promises. If we're not careful, we give up on people too quick. We give up on people too quick. Well, I don't know. I thought they wanted it, but then they started questioning why we dress this way. So they probably don't want questions aren't bad. Questions are good. I'd rather them say, well, I don't get it. Then just stop coming. You know that if someone says, that don't even make sense to me. Even if they do their face kind of like this, you won't see, you'll only see the eyes because they have a mask on. But even if they tear their face up, it's okay. Ladies and gentlemen, we got a pretty good source for our material. We got a pretty good source for why we do what we do. We're not making any of this up. We're not saying that men ought to dress like men and ladies ought to dress like ladies because we pull that out of thin air. We're pulling that from the Holy Writ. Why we teach what we teach, we've got a good source for this. Don't be intimidated by question because the days of because I said so, they're way behind us. Don't be, don't be afraid of those questions. Somebody say amen to that and thank God for it and thank God for it. Third, third point, and I'll be done. I'll go quickly. Barnabas also chose to support John Mark. Why, Brother Sleva? So good to see you back. We've been praying for you. Your strength, peace, we honor you. He supported Paul. I see that. I understand that. But then he also supported John Mark. What? Right when, watch this, Paul, Paul's not going to support him. Isn't it amazing? Is it after we've talked through this? Isn't it amazing? 
after Barnabas stands up and fights for Paul, that because John Mark had departed them, Paul says, I'm not, I'm not taking him. Paul. Don't you think Barnabas wanted to do Paul? Have you forgot? Forgot what? You know, the, the Stephen thing. <laughs> Stephen who? The coats. The, he died, Paul. Man, that was so long ago. Well, it's been a while since he left us too. Oh, I, I see, Paul. So you can let your own stuff go. Oh, how many feel like you resemble this from time to time? It's easy to judge somebody else, but it's hard to make it honest in my own life. Acts chapter 12, verse 25. Paul and Saul, they returned from Jerusalem. They took with them John, whose surname was Mark, verse, verse 13 of chapter 13. But John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. You know what he was mad about? He left. Forget him. Everybody in here at one point in your life, you've probably said something like that. Forget him. I don't need him anyway. Right? You ever try to act tough but cry your way through it like a junior high breakup? I didn't even like her anyway. Why are you crying? It's allergies. <laughs> He left them. Why'd he leave them? It's easy for us to stand here and say, because he was a scaredy cat. They're about to get persecuted. John Mark knows it. Brother Coogan, they're about to take a beating. John Mark said, I don't think so. And it's easy for us to look right here and say, I can't believe him. That's what Paul did. He didn't want to go. Well, he didn't, he didn't have that persecution, but you know what he also, he didn't get to see any of those miracles either. Everybody wants to see a miracle. Nobody wants a devastating problem, but the two go together. Every person that wants to see a miracle is telling me they want to see a problem. Because you don't get to see a miracle unless somebody's really sick. Somebody has a bad problem. They go together. Like peanut butter and jelly. They work together. All right? And if you don't like peanut butter and jelly, that's on you. You got to answer to God about that. <laughs> Acts chapter 15, verses 36 to 41 from our opening text. Paul wants to revisit the brethren in every city, and Barnabas wants to take John Mark, but Paul said no. Here it was. Here it was, ladies and gentlemen. This is where Barnabas had to make a decision. Am I a supporter when it's convenient or am I a supporter? Am I a good friend when it's convenient or am I a good friend? Am I an encourager when it works in my favor or am I an encourager? Because I've got to be honest with you, Brother Herbst, of all the people that I can think of parting company with, Paul is not the guy. How many know that if you're going to travel in any circle at this point, 
Paul's who you want to travel with. Who do you want on your resume? That you're Paul's right-hand guy? Yeah, I'll take that. Imagine that if, if this division had not taken place, the midnight experience would not have been Paul and Silas. It would have been Paul and Barnabas. <laughs> you know Silas is glad. Not about the prison thing, but the getting out of jail thing was pretty great. The praising at midnight, that was pretty amazing. That was pretty wonderful. Why? Because when Paul said, no, I'm not doing it. We're not taking it. Barnabas stood his ground. And there's this little, you see this little veteran side of him where he's saying, if I believed in you, I'm going to believe in him. And how many know that there's a lot of prodigals that are one belief away? There's a lot of people that walked away that they are one encourager away. They are what my, 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 I feel that right now. They are one support person away. They are one text with the words, I want you to know I believe in you. One of the greatest prodigals I ever, one of the greatest experiences I've ever had, and I've seen a lot come back to God. One of the greatest, I'm telling you, became a wonderful minister. You know how we got him to come back to church? I invited him sledding one night. Sledding! That's always a bad decision. But we were going sledding. He said, I had just prayed. If, it's if I'm really going to make it back to church, I need to know they want my company, not just trying to get me back to the church. You know what it was? It was the ability to spend time together. And he was like a John Mark that had been away, and it was a little text, and here he came back. You know what happens? John Mark finds complete restoration. He walks back. Why did he go to Jerusalem? I don't know if he was scared. I don't know if he had other things to do. I've heard different people say different things. But I do know this. He made his way back. And Barnabas links up with him and they get together and they start teaching. And in 2 Timothy, you watch it at Paul's dying breath when he's calling for him. He said, bring, bring Mark. Bring him. He's profitable to me. He's, he's profitable. It's one, thing, it's, it's one thing to say, I'm sorry. It's another thing to admit it with what it was. He didn't just, he didn't just speak the words. Notice that. He didn't just, he didn't just kind of... I'm sorry. He didn't just say it, but with the power of pen, he recorded it. Bring him. Bring him. He's profitable. You need a supporter in your life. Stand with me. You need a, you need a supporter. Now listen, when I say you need a supporter, I don't mean you need somebody who will lie to you. Okay? No, you look good. If they don't match, be honest. You don't have to be mean about it. You don't need to say things like, what do you want? No, 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 no. But you can be honest and be like, listen, I think there's a chance you're colorblind. And you, you don't know that that shouldn't have been an option. You ever see somebody in public and think to yourself, did they really look in the mirror and say, that's it? Like the people of Walmart. Some of you have been on that website. You know it. I felt the laughter in the room. Somebody sent me that link one time. I said, I do not want to look at that. People in public in pajamas. Just say no. Just say no. 
You're better than that. Okay? I don't care how tired you are. You're better than that. <laughs> Praise God. So where that's, where's that in the Bible? Come on now. People that support you. People that support you. Not, not tell you everything you want to hear. But people that support you. You need somebody in your life. Somebody in your life that believes you're, you're able. Somebody in your life that will speak on your behalf. Say, Brother Carson, I don't have anybody like that. How do I get it? Become that for someone else and you'll find that somebody else becomes that for you. Nobody wants to support me. Who are you supporting? I can't support anybody because I can't even get my own life. Under I will tell you, it is the principles of Scripture that if you begin to support someone else, God will put somebody in your life. When somebody comes to you negative behind the scenes about and is cynical and has question and contention, well, I heard that they, who'd you hear from? Don't bring that to me. If you haven't talked to them, I'm telling you, that would put a revival through every family. If your first question was, what did they say? And if they say, well, I haven't talked to them, then don't talk to me. I'm a supporter. Why are you, you don't even know them. No, but they're a part of the body. Same reason I wouldn't take a razor and try to hurt my own body. Same reason you don't ever walk up and I'm punching myself in the face. <laughs> what are you doing? Only time in Scripture that I find self-harm occurring is through demon possession. The body is not meant to hurt one another. It is meant to support one another. If I break, my, if I break the smallest toe on my body, Brother Ben, the rest of my entire physical body will work to compensate for that one little toe. My heel and my soul and my big toe comes into play. My spine starts getting under stress because it's trying to react. Everything about me starts trying to work to support the smallest. Well, it's insignificant. You think it is? Lose it, you'll fall over for the first month. You go to turn the corner, that corner will turn you. The, <laughs> oh, the body is meant to support one another. Throw your hands towards heaven with me, will you? God, help us to receive this principle tonight. We're trying to unlock right relationships. I pray that you would help us to be a supporter of people and that we would allow people in our life that will support us. We don't have anything without you. Our first, our chief responsibility, our primary role is to ask you to come into our life. I'm asking you right now, come into my life. Help me to be a greater supporter of other people. I don't want to talk negative about them. I don't, want, I don't want to look for their flaws. I want to be honest. I've got to be guarded. I've got to, I've got to guard my company. There's no doubt about it. But I don't want a negativity about me. I don't want to be cynical. So help me to guard that. Help me to be a supporter, an encourager, an edifier of the body. And I know that you'll put those people in my life. Whatever measure I give it out to other people, I, I know from Scripture it's going to come back into my life. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Accountability and being a supporter. God bless you. Find somebody over the next few days that you can be a support to, that you can really be a support to and watch that play out in your life. Thank you for being here for Bible study tonight.